You're listening to UX Podcast, a monthly podcast from Stockholm, Sweden, with James Royal Lawson and Per Axman. Moving the conversation beyond UX. And we're back! <laughs> it's, uh, it's been summer, it's been summer in Sweden, which means everybody has a long vacation and our clients are all gone. Who are you? I'm Per Axman. Oh, hello. I'm James Royal Lawson. Oh, hi, James. A <laughs> um, little bit cooler than it was last time we recorded a podcast. Um, yeah, but still, still quite hot though. It's still a little bit too warm. Yeah, and we changed the format, uh, guys, just for your listening pleasure. We uh, actually changed it, so we're not doing three parts for every episode. We're doing one part, and we're doing it for twenty minutes. So uh, that's what you have uh, to expect from us uh, from now on. But you know, let us know if you if you think it's better with the three parts of ten minutes each than one part of twenty minutes. Um, email us, tweet to us, however you want to ring us, do whatever, and let us know. Exactly, because what we want to do is we want to stop producing crap, which is today's episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're well, not in a conservation way. We're talking in a, in a digital web kind of communication way. I should have, prom- I should have promised not to. I should have promised not to make that joke. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so why do, why have you chosen this topic, James? Well, quite simply, there's just such a vast amount of, of crap produced. Um, every single day I come into contact with, with websites or, or apps um, or, um, I don't know, um, Facebook pages, um, set-top TV boxes, um, ticket machines. There's just so much digital, digital rubbish produced. Um, and, and, well, that's, just, that's frustrating. It shouldn't be like that. I mean, there's some good stuff as well. But there is some good stuff, yeah. But just yesterday morning, actually, I was helping a client evaluate uh, suppliers and looking at the references. And... So much of it was absolute shit that I was so surprised. Why would they even leave that as a reference? And I realized that a lot of people out there are not even probably aware that they're producing crap. No, it's a constant struggle with quality mm. um, and has been for, for a long time. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, some of that stands to the fact, well, a lot of it stands to the fact that it's, we're, we're in a maturing industry. And you know, 10 years ago, or even more, uh, 15 years ago almost, that. Uh, you, I, I produce crap. I mean, I produce some real rubbish. Mm. But in the late 90s, then I didn't have the tools available to um, properly convey the ideas and, and things that I wanted to do via the web. Um, you know, now we've got a lot more choices, so we maybe shouldn't be producing quite as much crap anymore. Yeah, probably, yes. I, I was there with you. I, I mean, in the end of the 90s, I was scanning brochures and posting those online as websites. That's crap. Was, yeah. Really, yeah, that's crap. That was really awful. But probably, is this a phase that we all have to go through? We have to produce crap first and then learn what's wrong and what's right? Or can we learn to do it right from the start? We can maybe come to that. Hmm? It's, um, you're probably right. But um, I think we produce good stuff too, like I said. And there is some, there is clearly, it's not that we're lacking a talent pool in, in the digital arena. We, we've all met you know, dozens of people who are exceptionally good. Yeah, I mean, we interact with people all day long that are... Awesome. I mean, I'd, I'd yeah. say I come into contact with people who are awesome a lot more than I come into contact with people who are shit. Mm. We should put a language warning on this podcast. So there's no genuine shot of knowledge, I don't think, or mm. skills in the industry. Um, it's putting into effect. Why, yeah. why is this not regularly coming through the other end? We're all busy talking on Twitter all day long. <laughs> Probably. Mm. Google Plus now. Mm. We've moved on. 
<laughs> I think one 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 thing for me, um, it's a big issue, is is the naivety of buyers, mm-hmm. clients, um, that they they often don't realise they're um, they're buying rubbish or they're 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 taking accepting signing off on, mm-hmm. on rubbish. Um, that's not always their fault. It's, it's a very, very complex, you know, digital world we live in. And right. I mean, what responsibility does the supplier have, the seller? Don't they have a responsibility to sell something that is of value to the client, even though they may not... I mean, it's probably not the job of the client or the buyer to be the expert on what they have to buy. No, you're right. I think, I think it's a responsibility for the, for the agency side or the, the people producing um, to make sure they deliver good stuff, mm-hmm. um, but then you've got a simple economic um, conflict that um, I think I think agencies are prostitutes. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, they, <laughs> well, they are, the whole point of an agency is you know, they've got a they've got a row, they've got a bench of people, um, you know, however many it is, and they all charge for their time by the hour, and they need to be occupied. They need to doing stuff. If they're sat down there waiting to do stuff, they're they're leaking money. It's costing an awful lot of you know pennies. Um, right. So when the sales guys go out and meet their clients, who are in themselves often yeah. naive, because not well, we did mention already, um, they want to sell. They've got to sell, and in that little exchange, there you you instantly lose the guarantee that you're going to get what the client really needs. You're going to get what the agency needs: income and you know people on projects to go forward. Yes, they need to. They need to be able to keep the, the account running and, and you know the add-on sales and all the rest of it. But that is still no guarantee that they're going to produce good stuff every time. True. And also they switch around. That one agency then switches to another agency, so they, they pick up the mess that the previous agency did. So it kind of it circles around and goes forward. Yeah. This just, may actually be one of the big reasons that I've started my own business is that I did want to stop producing crap because I realized that a lot of the times I was sold into projects where. It, Perhaps I was not the best person for the job, or we were doing stuff that yeah. we could have been done differently. Uh, so you sold them because you were available. Exactly. You need to be occupied. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. So now you now you are you know, Axbone Innovation a bit. Um, yeah. Have you stopped producing crap? In, in a sense, I do a lot uh, smaller projects, which means that I can focus a lot more on those and doing them well. Mm. But when I'm in, pitched into bigger projects where I'm a subcontractor to a to an agency, basically, <laughs> then I mean I don't have much choice. I have to do what brings me the money in the end as well. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's so it's I mean I I mean I think it's still my job to argue and put my point across and tell the client what I think is best. But in the end. They have the money and they decide. So mm. it's all about the advisors as well, advisors as well, and what type of relationship you have with the client and or the project manager or whoever. Yeah, um, absolutely. Oh God, I'm agreeing with you again. <laughs> I try to kind of antagonize you, and I end up agreeing with you. It's yeah, in the, in the bigger in the bigger projects, when it's got agencies and, and large organizations, um, then it's it's difficult because the agency being the, the you know. Prostitute and the naive buyers on the other side, and also the problem with um, uh, management, upper management not understanding um, fully the digital arena. Um, that they um, they're quite scared about it all, so it's even more difficult to, to for we're responsible to have the buying internally and, the, and deal with the politics internally right. uh, with stakeholders and um, uh, maybe product owners or whatever. It's um, it's not just we're not just dealing with the the um, communication interface between client. An agency. It's mm. the whole politics behind side the companies too. And the other problem, of course, is is um, 
what what we would call the small time cowboys, meaning also the ones that actually uh, can compete with really really low pricing, and meaning that especially in the public sector procurement processes where price means a big difference if the if you're going to buy or not. If you have a really low price, then that's the that's the supplier you're going to go for. I mean, what 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 do you mean here by small time cowboys? Yeah. For me, I'm talking about um, these ones where it's a it's a it's an individual, <laughs> like me and you. <laughs> but but the, the ones where you can buy, we've we've all seen this. Mm -hmm. That it's it's someone who sells um, any, a complete website package, including design, um, you know, CMS, hosting, the full thing. Uh, for just a few hundred dollars, mm. um, yeah, maybe a monthly subscription or something, um, yeah. and that's not feasible. You're not going to get. You're going to get crap. Mm. Um, you can't. You can't produce the full good experience from just a few hundred dollars. It's not. It's just not the hours there to do it. Um, and because big companies and people are not homogenous, the one size fits all mm. does not work. No company is the same, so you can't just push out these templates to it. But how do we get our clients to not choose the cheaper alternative? It looks the same on paper. Yeah, and then this is where you, we come to the, um, the education or the learning experience part of it. Mm. Um, can, do they have to go through the learning experience where a client you know, buys the, the few hundred dollar all-in-one website package and realizes it's rubbish and then buys mm. someone to do a better job when they budgeted some more money? Mm. I, I don't, I'm not convinced you can get around that process. I like to think that actually my best clients are the ones who have had bad experiences in the past, so they actually know that what I'm producing is good stuff, uh, which made me think that, so maybe we should have some friends uh, who produce crap, send them to the client first, <laughs> let the client have a bad experience, and then <laughs> have us come in and save the day. But isn't that, really, isn't that really defeatist and sad kind of conclusion to make from that? That, that we're saying that there's, there's no way that you can, you can get people to, to you know, jump straight into to buying good from day one. They've got to spend a decade yeah. going through three, four iterations of their website being rubbish before they wake mm. up and, you know, and, and buy mm. good stuff. We Probably should actually have more people talking about bad experience at conferences. People always talk about how they do stuff and this is what we did and this was so good. We should have them talk about. They do complain about. I mean, we, just look at um, UXLX that we went to in Portugal. Yeah. I mean, every single session we went to, people complaining about silos. That's why we started doing the podcast to break right. down silos. There was complaint after mm. complaint that um, product managers don't listen, mm. that the, the design people don't, or the um, SEO people don't mm. understand, the UX people and marketing don't understand, and blah blah blah. Sure, but those are general, I mean, problems. But people don't talk specifically about products that products that went wrong and how much they cost and stuff mm. like that. The scary horror stories about this really, really went down the drain. Uh, I have a talk that I give with three examples about really, really bad uh, projects that mm. I've done and <laughs> uh, experienced. And, and that, that's really popular because people want need to hear about that. And I think that's part of the learning process for the clients and realizing that, yes, this might happen. How do I avoid this happening? Yeah, but at the same time, mm. though, by, when you start highlighting the bad examples, I agree that you need to... You need to you're built on all the experiences that you've, you are all the experiences you've had previously and the bad ones are all part of that mm -hmm. learning. Um, but telling the bad stories and why, and how, you know, why it went wrong and how it went wrong is going to end up in a, to a degree, uh, mode throwing. That you're going to be, you're going to be shitting on someone else because, mm. yeah, okay, you're going to, if you've got 
if you're humble enough, you're going to say the bits that were your fault in it all. Exactly. But it's unlikely that you were the sole cause of that project <laughs> going wrong. And I don't think you were actually safe. It was just your fault. You probably no. struggled that. From a market point of view, that isn't really clever. But that means that you're going to be upsetting someone by saying mm. that actually it was, you know, it was Tommy. Oh, <laughs> you, you, okay, I know you're going to do that, but no, I wouldn't do that. But, but you were implying it. I'm implying it, probably, yes. But the point would be telling the story of how could we have done this differently to make yeah. it better. Yeah. That would be sort of the conclusion of mm -hmm. something like that. But, I mean, it's back to, I mean, do we have a carrot or a stick? We don't, we, maybe we shouldn't scare the clients. Maybe we should paint the picture of what... We should be better at describing what they actually get because the clients are really good at ordering websites, but they're not really good at ordering communication channels uh, for communicating with their clients or their customers. Uh, they're not ordering what they really need. They're ordering technology. They're not ordering something that has some business value in the end. Yeah, they're, they're, well, they're ordering too much. I mean, I, hmm. I, I complain about the, um, you know, the, the full website redesign or the, the full Monty thing that companies are, are doing everything all at once. Hmm. They're, they're changing design, they're changing structure, they're changing CMS, they're changing content. They're taking on absolutely everything they can. And small and large companies, it's, you know, they both do it. Um, it's an absolute nightmare. You, you're almost doomed to fail when you take when you do that kind of project because it's so complex and it's it's ripping the heart out of your website and sticking a new one in, mm. and and that's not clever. Um, no. But it's often what happens that we get to the companies get to that point where the complaints internally um, right. reach such a, such a level of frustration that you know we tip over and they go, okay, then here's the budget to do a a, a new website. Just mm. do it, and while we're at it, we'll do everything, and you end up in a cycle. Right, and that's why I hated doing those types of usability tests because you change everything and you expect everybody to learn how to use it in one day. That won't happen. You're going to still going to get complaints mm. instead of changing just a tiny bit at a time and improving uh, organically and doing quick wins. Uh, and, and, mm. Yeah, testing, mm. uh, evaluating, and adjusting exactly to go forward. But then that that isn't that's very good for me and you to say. Yeah. <laughs> but we know that it's not. It's very, very difficult to, to communicate that or get that buy-in for that kind of thinking. Because it's not, just, it's not just the web responsible. Like if you're talking to the web responsible at a place, uh, then it's not just them that need to be convinced. They almost mm. always understand. Mm. It's the whole thing behind. And I think, I think mm. there, one of my... If we're, if we're moving on to you know, tips or how yeah. can we improve this, then I think buyers or web responsibles, if that's, if that's our main you know, mm. people we're talking about, um, they need to be much stronger. They have to be the ones that stand up internally, mm. and of course, we're buying it. They, they, they buy the right people. We're going to get to that point later, but more than internally, I think there's a real responsibility there because we we're going to have to wait for a generation shift before the top management start to really get into this. Um, but they can't wait that long, mm. so they have to be just stronger now and put their foot down. Probably yes. And how do they get stronger? I mean. Only by failing. Yeah. By failing, exactly, by having the bad experience. Mm. Uh, I, I think we should be better at communicating. And I, I always come back to Russ's session at UXLX and what we did with the do, going out and doing the guerrilla testing and having an iPad with a website and just going out and asking people and filming that. And it's just a, such an, a fantastic way of communicating to anyone. This is what we can do in a short time. Because mm. that's what a lot of people are, or a lot of companies are scared of, is the costs of producing something useful uh, and doing doing the due diligence and 
actually doing the testing and everything beforehand, before producing the CSS and HTML. Testing the concepts, the ideas. It doesn't have to be that difficult or expensive. If we can show them how to do that in, in a simple way, I mean, more people are probably going to do it and see how they can make a difference by choosing the right supplier. It isn't complicated, it isn't expensive, but at the same time, you still fail to sell it in. I know. And we're back to, we're back to all these points again. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, we haven't actually got any really good answers about this. I mean, no. I, um, I think one thing I believe in is that we, we need to build super teams. I, I, think, I think agencies um, are a failed concept now. They're, they're, or they're not a concept of the future. Mm -hmm. Um, God, this is, if I ever want to get a job in an agency, I'm doomed, aren't I? <laughs> well, no, but I, I, don't, I don't think that you know, freelancers like me and you are the, are the sole answer. Mm. Um, but I think we need to be building teams of individuals who are mm. really good at doing what they do. Yes. Um, and not sticking, not just taking, you know, Tommy, again, I'm picking on mm. Tommy, I have no idea who he is, but I'm picking on him. Not just picking on Tommy from, you know, um, or rather one agency, you need, you need to pull Tommy out of that and hire him, and then hire someone else from another mm -hmm. agency, and hire maybe a freelancer, mm -hmm. and hire take some internal people there, mm -hmm. and you build a team of exactly the right people to do what mm -hmm. you want to do at that point. Yeah. You know, you know, confined. This is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. This is our aim. We're going to, I don't know, improve conversion of, mm -hmm. of that, um, you know, funnel. Yeah. We do it. Set, the, set the goal and give them space to do their job in the way that they want to do it. Yeah. Uh, don't control. I hate requirement specifications, mm -hmm. for example. Uh, I want to see what, what do you want the outcome to be and I can work with that but I, don't, I can't work with like a 20 point requirement specification because the door's already closed exactly mm. will this improve I mean uh, 20 years from now uh, <laughs> well, I mean will we stop producing have stopped producing have stopped producing crap by then <laughs> no I don't think so I think we're just I mean, going to be producing different so, crap exactly because we're all just going to shift up and there'll be new things coming on what did you talk about? What did you suggest earlier that would be coming? Is it 3D? 3D. I mean, we're having uh, holograms and 3D projectors yeah, exactly. and stuff. I mean, 3D holographic I mean, websites. Yeah. What a rubbish. Don't believe in it. We, we, we would never buy that. No, no. no. <laughs> Clearly never going to work. No, it's... Uh, oh, I, I wish I had magical answers, but I think, I think super teams um, and standing firm are my two take-homes from that. Yeah. On this today. And my conclusion is that we still need the crap because if we mm. didn't have the crap, we wouldn't know what's good. Yeah. And that's the end yeah. of this um, month's podcast. Thanks for listening. And uh, hey, please get back to us. Tell us if uh, you think the format is better, if it's good, if, if uh, we should change something, if we should disagree more. <laughs> Probably <laughs> I disagree. Yes. I don't want to yeah. disagree. Okay, sure. Uh, we haven't chosen a topic for the next episode, so that would be a surprise. No, I guess. we haven't, actually. No. no. But... Let us know what you want us to talk about and disagree upon. Ciao. Bye-bye. You've been listening to UX Podcast with freelance consultants James Royal Lawson and Per Axbom. For more information or to subscribe to this podcast, visit uxpodcast.com.